All right, you guys. This whole thing is called trial and error for a reason. It's not just a clever play on trial and error because let me tell you what. Uh, this past Saturday, I had a great time doing a podcast with a couple of boys. Uh, we had Zach Davis, Brett Martinez, a.k.a. Chops, and uh, Chad, Chad Stocking. You've heard him on here before. He was the side comment guy. But, uh, you know, things went horribly awry. We had a great time talking, but there's just a lot of yak, 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 and a lot of drink, 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 and maybe a little too much, and the whole thing ended up sounding like <laughs> So I boxed it. But I'm going to tell you guys, I'll do a podcast on what could have been done better because this whole thing, like I said, not just a clever name. We're getting better every time. Trial and error. I tried it. You lose. That f***ed up having this many guys or not taking control, but it doesn't matter because we're learning from it and we're moving on. So anyways, because that happened, I'm scrambling. I'm doing another, uh, I'll spare you the hope solo joke, solo podcast. It's just me, your boy. And I was thinking to myself, what am I going to do different? Wow. What am I going to do? What kind of content am I going to spew into the airwaves that's different from everybody else, all other five trillion fucking podcasts out there? How is Trial Naren, the tap, going to be a little different? Well, I was, I was thinking. I said, well, I, I mean, I know movies pretty well. It doesn't mean shit to the, everybody else in the world. But it means something to me. So guess what? I'm going to start recapping some movies with vigorous detail. Huh? Because too oft, too oft do I say, I mean too often in general, but do I ask somebody, have you seen XYZ movie? Because I reference movies all the time. It's my life. It's in my genes. Not the denim. Huh? Uh, yeah, I just... Love and I hope people people connect on a deeper level through that reference. But more often than I would like, uh, no, I haven't seen that movie. Is the response? So I'm appalled. And you know, it's time for me to stop just talking about it and do something about it. And by do something about it, I mean talking about about it. That's what's going on here. That's why I'm doing something about it. It's a great line. Let's make posters of that. Anyways. So, movie recaps. Vigorous detail. What's the first movie? People that know me would say it's going to be Dumb and Dumber, but I'm not emotionally prepared for that because I want to give that my all. Not that I'm going to not give it my all for this one. It's just Dumb and Dumber is my favorite movie, and I, I just came up with this idea today. I, <laughs> I just came up with this idea today to do these vigorous movie recaps. Huh? Y'all like it. I Shame. guarantee it. I'm just going to start Shame. slurring my words and thinking I'm funny. And shit. Uh, but we'll see. You guys will be the judge of that. But the movie I want to go with, something easy, something low-key, but had a huge impact on my childhood and my liking for Egyptian mythology. And then that led to history and then other mythologies, all these gods, all these amazing superhero-like characters that these other cultures have f***ing created. These OG Stan Lees, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's go. The movie is The Mummy. The first one starring Brendan Fraser. Nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. 
Okay, so I paused for a minute to pull up IMDb. And of course I had the year. 1999. Duh. And I know these things. You can call me a liar. Did I pause this show for like three hours and research everything and script every single word that I'm saying? I might have. I could have. I very well might be. But you could also try something. You could try believing me. Have a little faith in me, huh? Yes, I'm some guy you don't know speaking to a microphone that has his phone in front of him. But believe that I have integrity and it'll just be a lot more fun experience because I believe I have integrity. What fun would it be for me to talk all this shit but then be full of shit? Mm, it's not the same kind of shit. And I want to be some genuine shit. I want to be the shit. Huh? You're with me here. Stay with me, people. But anyways, back to the mummy. Excuse me ranting. It's going to happen. Oft. 1999, The Mummy. PG-13, of course. It wasn't that naughty. Two hours and four minutes does surprise me. It does. We got Brendan Fraser. Of course, it's Rick O'Connell. Then uh, Evelyn Carnahan. I didn't know that was her last name in this movie, but in the next one, it's O'Connell because, spoiler alert, they get married. What? Ah! I'll spoil it before I even begin it, motherfuckers. Damn. <laughs> Y'all didn't see that coming? Oh, you didn't see it coming, but it doesn't matter because we're having fun. Rachel Weisz. Rachel Wise. Wow. Rachel Wise. Uh, very, um, I'll say conservative looking, just, I mean, beautiful, of course. But her in this movie, and then you see her in The Mummy Returns, which will be another podcast. Damn, it's not night and day. It's more like dawn and the afternoon, if you know what I mean. Because she's beautiful both, but it's just like almost a different person. But a beautiful person overall. She's British. We love her. As is John Hanna as Jonathan, the lovable rascal. (laughs) Jonathan. This guy gets in all sorts of adventures. And then Emotep. Arnold Voslow, ooh, a very sexy last name as Emotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P, and that's what's up. So that's very cool. And then a shout-out to Oded Fair as Ardeth Bay, the leader of the Magi, but we'll get to him later, won't we? Oh, all these people. God, it's bringing back memories. So uh, why don't I just get started talking about this movie, right? How about we f***ing get to it? Oops, bleep that one, Aaron. Stupid bastard. I can say bastard. You don't have the balls to, to censor bastard. Future Aaron. That's right. Uh, anyways. So we start off. And it's a beautiful... Alright. Mind you. Before I get started. Talking about integrity. This is off the top of my head. I'm not reading a f***ing script. This is off the top of my head because I watched this too many times when I was a fat child. And just watch movies, movies, movies. Because that's not real life. And it's fun. I'm Rick O'Connell. I'm the adventurer. It's fantastic. Anyways, this is just me spitting it off, rambling, as you all, as if you already couldn't tell. So here we go. Here we ramble. Let's get ready to ramble. Jesus Christ. Um, it's a beautiful... It looks like sunset to me, and you come down off the Sphinx's face, real nice cinematography, some 3D for 1999. They're getting ballsy. They're like, we got a budget to show for it. We see a chariot. We see a man. Uh, It's the pharaoh with his balls dragging behind him. That was the original balls behind the truck. Am I right? Actual balls. A pharaoh with his 
with his pyramid. Talk about the balls. Anyways, uh, then we see Emotep, and then this lovely last, uh, goodness, what's her name? Anoxuna Moon in this skimpy little outfit. Looks nude, but not. N-A-U-G-H-T. Uh, comes up, and they kind of, you know, the, the narrator, Ahmed Bey, beautiful voice. Uh, for their love, he says, like, what? They're about to have the Pharaoh's wife or mistress is like getting all handsy with the priest emotep the high priest emotep (laughs) taboo this place egypt cats running around like gods that they are much like today but that is some scandalous emotep emotep just banging savannah trump or something like that anyways um so yeah, they he touches her because the narrator says no other man was allowed to touch her, and then he just touches her, and you're like, whoa, that's against the rules. Holy shit, Emotep's breaking the law, breaking the law, making out with the chick, and then there's like a bang at the door, and they're like, oh shit, we fucked up, like we were clean up until this point, and. They're like, all right, whispers, whispers, and the all the priests, these gold, these old bald men with their green tunics, and they're all painted gold. Close the door, and then they just can't hold them. It's insatiable. The major, the one pharaoh comes through. Boom. He's like, what's going on here? And he waltzes up and's like, yo, bitch, who touched you? Ah, and we'll tell you, I think I had that kind of close. I kind of know the Egyptian language based off these movies. And then he says, who's touched you? He points with two fingers. She looks down like, oh, shit, like playing coy. Like, yeah, somebody touched me. Wasn't you, bro. And then he turns around and sees Emotep draw a sword. Emotep, my priest? (laughs) He's just so caught so in shock. And then he doesn't see the blitz coming from the blind side and fumbles his life. Pick up. Uh, God damn it! What's her name? And knocks in a moon with the ball, stabs him in the back, pulls a uh, Antonio Brown, just stab him in the back. No love for the Raiders. You get nothing. Just and they start gutting this dude. You lose. And they keep hacking and slashing. They're just making this up as they go. Young love. Good day, sir. Saying that her in her twenties, Emotep in his early thirties at least, but he's bald. He's beautiful. Looking stop. Looking stout. Fertile. Looking fertile. Anyways, that's besides the point. What is the point? The Magi come in here. And the priests are like, yo, Emotep, let's get the f*** out of here. And she's like, yo, it's cool. Like, I got this. And he's like, ah, I'll, I'll resurrect you. Like, already knowing that, like, all right, you're going to die. He's just thinking ahead of time. Like, Emotep's a planner. You're going to die. Like, there's no question. Duh. There's no way they're going to take her prisoner. Well, she said, like, she's just f- crazy enough to kill herself and he knows that this bitch is crazy and so am i says emotep wow she does kill herself my body is no longer in this temple and then they completely skip a dramatic scene where they say emotep and his priest stole her body out of the crypt i can't imagine that was just some common affair but you know woe is me takes her to the forbidden city the name escapes me you shot me in the ass I'm an Optra. <laughs> I got it. Talking the name. Let's go. Sandwich. All right. Anyways, take her to Amanoptra. The dark city. Gold everywhere. You know, 
And uh, that's where all the treasure is, you know, when the story goes on. And he's like, yo, I'm about to resurrect you. They start doing this evil shit. And then right before, like, this this purple thing comes out of this, this spirit comes out of this pond and fucking starts going towards her. Starts going on this dead body of a Noxuna moon. And she's like, oh, look, she looks like she's gasping for breath. And then Emotep has his knife drawn and he's about to stab her. But the fucking Magi come in at the last second. We're talking Malcolm Butler shit. You should have ran, Pete Carroll. Just saying. But they stop him mid-thrust. Why wouldn't you start slurring words or hurry the fuck up? You couldn't have seen those guys coming. You lose. Emotep. Lordy, pull your head out of your ass. It's game time, but shit, you must be Pete Carroll's great, 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 great grandpa or some facsimile thereof. Shout out to Matt Nevins. Sir, you gotta know when to call timeout. Like, it's just poor clock management. Emotep gets stopped and then and knocks out a moon, just kind of her body falls back to sleep, and that purple spirit leaves her and goes back into that pond. Mission failed, fellas. And then they get taken to some really sexy bondage. They're all dying torture chamber, and uh, Emotev was endured, was sentenced to the Humdai, the most uh, heinous of folks to get this. Only said to have been performed once in ancient times. This must be that one. Uh-oh. Because he got his tongue cut off. And all of other, his other priests are just getting the business, right? They're getting their eyes poked out. They're getting flicked in the balls. It's just chaos in there. And Emotep's just like, ow. Gets his tongue cut off. But luckily, a guy walks in front of the camera before you have to see it. So thank you, uh, producers, directors, whoever came up with that idea. This ain't Saw. Anyways, so then we see Emotep getting wrapped up. Like, real nice. Like, they do a good job. His arms are crossed. He was compliant, at least. I mean, maybe throw some extra frankincense on him or something for a good measure. But then they put him in the casket or the coffin. And then they put those beetles on him, though. And they must have done some chants or curses or had a party or sacrificed some goats. Something later that night. Maybe watch the Cowboys play. Put the cherry on top. Ew. So, Emotep. So, I don't understand why this is, the, like, the most egregious curse of them all. Because, all right, you die. And you get eaten alive by these beetles. And then, if for some... There's a stipulation. There's a clause in the contract of spells or curses that says after 3,000 years or some relative future of that magnitude you get brought back to life with these ungodly powers amongst the earth and skies and people and such if I may be so elegant what the fuck I mean, but hey, to each their own. It's a creative enough story. I'll believe it. I'll, I'm willing to believe somebody can be resurrected after 3,000 years. Why not? Shall we continue? So later on, the, uh, the, given the glory of invincibility, I remember it being all dramatic, the camera spinning, and then you see a bunch of guys yelling. There's a bunch of soldiers. It's the palace, the same palace. Thousands of years later, it's in Egypt. And you see all these guys in white uniforms with blue sash just taking up position with their little bolt action rifles. And then you see a bunch of guys, like one guy times, let's say, 
5,000, right, in a line on horseback, rolling across the desert, everybody saying a la 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 in different pitches and very high uh, volume levels. That's how you describe it. That's the only way you can describe it. And they got guns in their hands, all of them, maybe different caliber probably. Maybe one guy, like two guys are kind of joking in the back, like, dude, we just signed up for this. We're mercenaries. We're about to get paid a couple of rubies after this. Like, it'll be dope. We're in the we're in the desert land. And we're in the back of the pack. All these other guys are going to get lit up. And that's what's going on in the back. But there's a, there's a considerable amount of these horseback raiders or whatever they are. They're all wearing black. They have turbans on. There's some unified force ready to kill all these all of rick o'connell the main characters men he's the only look uh, american guy he's got a brown jacket on handsome brendan fraser handsome hair parted thin and his buddy benny this ugly egyptian looking dude kind of dark little butthole eyes and he says your strength gives me strength after rick says you're with me on this one right that low voice of his and they go la 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 and then rick's in charge uh, if he's in charge, then is he the one responsible for leading him up there? Because this entire battle is a slaughter. They fire first. They're in order because, you know, they're in line. They're defending this. They're all behind ruins and shit. And these horseback riders, a couple of them get picked off. They fall off their horses. Maybe somebody faked it. If you fake it, you're getting trampled because there was a many, many lines of horses after you, sir. Uh, but they're firing back and then guys get picked off. There's some higher levels of guys. I would have picked a higher level of the ruins. Like I'm climbing on top of this bitch and I'm going to shoot and just hide bitch. And it was just absolute massacre. The guys rode through, they, they, they start drawing their swords. These guys are running away. Benny just leaves right in the beginning, leaving Rick. Rick fights bravely and he's running back. He's retreating. Everybody around him is dying. Chaos ensues. And then he's like, all right. He's backing up, and there's two pillars on either side. He's on this little pathway, backing up, killed, bam. His KD ratio is many to zero. It's like 20. He's killed a lot of people. He's like, screw this this rifle. I got my pistols, though, my front pockets. Bam, 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 and he's running away. He's dudging. Uh, dodge, duck, dick, dip, diving, and dodging it. Got them all. And he's hide like, just bam, 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 bam. Out of bullets, f*** it. I got two more guns in my back, though. And he keeps firing. Then he just gets cornered. And he's like, oh, sh**. Like, you know, sucks. I'm cornered, though. And these guys line up. And they hear the, the clicks of the guns. And they're like, ah. And then they get spooked. No firing. Nothing. Rick had his eyes closed. He's like, all right, here's where it ends. Life flashing before his eyes. He knows what's going on. Anyways, he, uh... He doesn't die. He's surprised. And then the sand kind of kicks up around him, and he's like, whoa, I'm out of here. He kind of scampers away. The mummy's face kind of sinks into the sand. It's very ominous. And then uh, everybody kind of runs and leaves. There's dead bodies everywhere. And then Rick just kind of scampers out into the middle of the field, and he looks up, and he sees on the clifftops. Uh, there's a bunch of dudes on horseback. <laughs> All dressed in black, dude. All dressed in black. Excuse me. There was a burp kind of coming up into my chest. I was kind of squinting a little bit. I didn't want to stop talking. You got some light voices. You're going to get some voices and sounds from me, all right, people? So, like, you know, don't hold a gun to my head. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, anyways, uh, he scampers away, and he looks up, and he sees the Magi. 
Ooh, the same Magi that stopped Emotep thousands of years ago, they are charged, this current Magi, these bad mofos are currently in charge of making sure Emotep doesn't come back to life. Right? Like, that's their mission. They, like, they're, they're, their lives are about keeping this mofo from coming back to life because that, of that clause, that stipulation. Damn it. Damn it all. And they're like, uh, what about this guy? What about this guy? I say the lackeys, but the main guy, Ahmed Bey, a.k.a. the gigolo from Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo, that kind of, that foreign dude, the handsome man. He's the guy. He's the leader of the Magi. And he says, the desert will, no, they'll, they'll take care of him. It's all good. And then, uh, you know, that's the intro to it. That's the intro to uh, the mummy, and then uh, so we move on. I, I'm taking way too long on this. I'm I'll, I'm gonna do my best, y'all. You get details, you get details, whatever. So we see Evie. She's chilling. She's uh, <laughs> she's putting books away. This this silly girl, and she has her glasses on, and she's on a ladder that's leaning against a bookcase, and. She's like, oh, what, what is this book doing over here? And she looks to the aisle across from her. She's like, oh, I'm going to reach over and put this book in there. So she reaches the other side, foolishly shifting her weight, and then the ladder leans into her. But then she catches it. And then she's stuck in the middle. And she's bouncing, bouncing on this ladder, everybody. And she's just kind of like, what the f*** going on here? And then it finally leans forward into a bookshelf. She tumbles forward and like a stack of giant dominoes filled with books, the, these massive bookshelves domino effect on top of one another, tumbling down every book and chaos and papers and essays and wow. Oh, nudie magazines are just flying everywhere. The library is in shambles. And then the, head librarian top dog is like what's going on here uh, evie uh, you and he's he's pissed uh, i tr i could try to save verbatim let me see uh he's like why do i put up with you and she's like well i'm a scholar i you, i'm the only one that could speak ancient egyptian from here to whatever like that's why you put up with me and he's like i put up with you because your parents are where our finest patrons and then he like kind of mumbled something. I never really paid attention to him because I'm like, what a dick. I don't have to listen to what this guy says. But uh, he's like, I don't care how you do it. Straighten up this this mess, this Mishina, whatever. I don't know what he said. Sound like Mishina, whatever Mishina is. But that's what I heard. And she's like, oh, well, shit. and then she hears something in the nearby room. Looks like it's a kind of museum area. She goes in and it's kind of all ancient Egyptian and then there's a casket, it's open. She kind of comes up next to it and then up pops a skeleton, boo, ah! She's frightened and then uh, you hear laughter coming from within the coffin and it's the lovable rascal Jonathan. Like, oh baby sister, I all the, uh, I'd rather want to join the dead or whatever. They have a little back and forth, who gives a shit? brother sister talk 
And then he says, oh, well, I got something to brighten your day. He's like, he's pretty drunk, though. He's having a great day. Plus, he found this artifact that he hands to Evie. He's like, tell me I found something. It was a, 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 uh, what's it called? A dig down in Thebes. Thebes is the dead city. It's Thebes. Oh, I love how memory works, but not really because what the f***? It's Thebes. I'd be talking about something completely different to remember it. It was in there. It was in there the entire time. Just uh, didn't have the right combination, I suppose. Thebes. Anyways, Evie twists it and it cracks open and there's a map inside. And she says, Jonathan, I think you found something. Wow. Shows it to the main dude and he's like, uh, kind of ho-hum. And then Evie and Jonathan have a little to and fro, back and forth. And, uh... They start talking about the all the gold or whatever this map could be. It's the map to this hidden city of gold, Hemenoptera. That's what I meant to say, Hemenoptera. And um, Lordy, Hemenoptera. <laughs> Sorry, I get the the gears are turning, people. I guess uh, sometimes I have a little uh, buffer ball over my head. You know, MacBook users know what I'm talking about. So they're talking about all this gold, and then suddenly the fucking Map catches on fire because that dingus head librarian curator dude caught it on fire right where the spot of the the lost city. And he says, for the best, I'm sure. Many have gone looking for it. Most have never returned. And he's all ominous. And then uh, shit, something happens in the movie. Let me think on it. What happens after that? I mean, they somehow need to get there so i'll just jump to like the jail scene this is you know bits and pieces off the, like i said off the top of my head it's not gonna be perfect F you uh they're at the jail and evie's like oh i want to talk to this dude and jonathan's like yo like this is the guy i stole this trinket from that we found the map and she's like, all right, whatever. And they bring out Rick. And he has he's sleeveless. And he has hair over his eyes. He looks grungy. Still pretty kind of animalistic sexy. You know what I'm saying, bros? Right? He's just a, a hairy man. Like, you wouldn't want to mess with him at the bar. A guy that has long hair over his eyes. You're not messing with that guy. You lose. I'm sorry. He's, he's loco. To have hair over your eyes? Something's got to be, you know, loose. Uh, anyways. And she's like, you know the location to Hamanoptera? And he's like, oh, yeah. Like, I've been there. I know where it's at. They make an exchange. And he's like, you want to know where it's at? Like, you know what, what's going on? She's like, yeah. He brings her in, grabs her by the chin, and gives her a passionate, well, in the moment, it's it's a subtle yet passionate kiss. And he says, get me the hell out of here. And then the guards are having none of it. They start beating the shit out of them with their billy clubs wham he goes do it lady wham and then brings him back shut the door and she goes where are they taking him wait before that sorry he goes wait do i know you and jonathan goes oh i just have one of those faces and then he punches him in the face <laughs> whammy and then the guard goes wow a shot with a billy club teach you a lesson brings him to his knees but rick o'connell gives a look of his face right before he gets hit of like he knows what's coming ah takes it like a man while Jonathan's writhing, that's when Evie steps over him and begins her conversation with Rick. But after the kiss, he gets hauled away. 
Where she? Where are they taking him? To be hanged. Apparently, he had a very good time. That's what that fat dude says. They take him to this square of this three-tiered, possibly four, prison where all the prisoners are loose, but they're just kind of cheering this hanging that's about to happen in the middle, in the center of it all. And Rick's there. He's got the uh, the guy goes, any last requests, pig? And he, uh, he says, loosen the knot and let me go. And the guy looks up at the head fat man and goes, oh, who has to hail? And then he goes, Yahoo man, of course we do not let him go. That's what he says. If you think I'm lying, listen to the movie. And if you care that much, play the podcast back where I just said that. See if I'm lying. Do you think I put that much detail into a lie? Maybe, but believe in my integrity. Believe in it. I'll never steer you wrong. If I f*** up, I'll always tell you about it. That's how you know I'm being real. Anyways. What say you? Um, f***. So Evie starts bartering for his life. Like, I want to find this city. And he's like, nah, like, that's not enough. And he goes, uh, 500 pounds. Or whatever percent of what we find. And uh, he goes, what else? I'm a very lonely man. Grabs her knee delicately, and she smacks him with a book. Possibly an erotic novel. Who knows? And he goes, yadak, lach! And then she goes, no! The guy pulls the lever. Rick O'Connell falls. But guess what? His neck did not break. I'm so sorry. Now we must watch him strangle to death. And then Evie's like, oh, he knows the location to the lost city. That's what she says. And the guy's like, you lie. She's like, I would never. You're telling me this godless, heathen son of a pig knows where to find the city of the dead? Yes. And if we find it, we'll give you like 10%. And then they start bothering. She hits him lower. Uh, something happens where she tr- fools him. 40, 30. And then he goes 30, he goes 25. They start, she starts going lower, then he goes lower than her, and she's like, uh, deal, motherfucker, 25%, I believe. Good day, sir! And then he goes, cut him down. The guy cuts him down. Rick O'Connell lives as Evie looks fondly upon her new prize. And then they go to the boatyard as the scene blurs out. Some time has elapsed, perhaps tonight. And then, uh, Evie and Jonathan are walking by a boat. And they're like, oh, the, it's a yank, you know. The, his word is his bond. And she goes, oh, I don't know. He's a complete rascal. I don't trust him at all. And then Rick O'Connor comes out of nowhere with a fresh haircut. He saw Jafar, the hottest trim beard cutting. Like, he don't care. You're going to look fine. And he saw him. He saw him. Rick O'Connell saw Jafar, got all caught up, shaved, no five o'clock shadow. It's midnight, baby. Rick O'Connell's fresh. He is peppered and he's ready to get on this boat. And they get on the boat and, you know, they talk a little bit and then they meet the Americans. Jonathan's, uh, Jonathan's gambling and they're like, yo, they, they figure out happenstance. Oh, we're, we're going to the city of the dead. What about you? He's like, oh, who, who said we're going? And they all point at Jonathan. He does. Big talker. I'm a big talker, so I can empathize. Sometimes it slips. It slips, dude. It's hard. Like, it wants to get out. Who are we to stop information from getting out? Anyways, uh, they start betting, like, oh, what makes you co- so confident, sir? Like, the British guy, a.k.a. 
uh, Richie Rich's butler, Cadbury, plays this guy. And uh, Golly G. Willikers, he... Um, uh, he's like, what What makes you so curious? He, he's the red hat guy. The little... Looks like the red, red solo cup on the back of his head. Those kind of hats with a little string attached to it. That's how I describe it. Uh... So they make the wager, like, a couple hundred bucks for whoever finds the city first. Fucking Magi start attacking the boat, right? Benny's on board. Turns out he's the guy for the Americans. There's a big gunfight. They get off. Like, I could go into greater detail, but I got to shorten it. Ah, anyways. They get off. Hey, O'Connell, we got all the horses. And then Rick O'Connell yells back. Hey, Benny, you're on the wrong side of the river. Boom, scene ends, Benny's defeated, people get shot, but it's a great gun battle, Rick O'Connell's brave, and uh, yeah, it's a key we find out, but they get to the city, there's a big old race, it's a big time, There's you see a little Rick flirting with Evie when they get the camels, he's like, ooh, she's wearing some uh, diaphanous uh, cloth over her face, that's hot, anyways, uh, they get to the city. Turns out Evie wins. They start racing through this mirage because Hamanoptera. Wow. They start digging. Uh, Emotep, like this sarcophagus falls. Like they see the sunlight coming through the cave and it's bouncing off all these mirrors. It's fabulous. Wow. And then they're digging and Rick finds another sarcophagus. Turns out it's Emotep and then... Like, after this brief encounter with the Americans, they all point guns at each other. Like, oh, there's other places to dig. They're like, it's, you know, a little brush in, whatever. But there's increased attraction between Rick and Evie. Like, he's growing a fondness from her, giving her some tool, like, a toolkit. And uh, it's, it's Jonathan and then the fat guy, the prison guy. For some reason, he came along to protect his investment, he said. And, uh... Yeah, they find it. They uh, they camp for the night. After the Americans find these sarcophagus, like these jars, they find out who it belongs to. After they find the, uh, I think they find the mummy. Like soon after, they open it up, and he's still juicy. Jonathan and Rick say simultaneously, they find out like it's Emotep, and they're like, oh, this guy must have been something very naughty, because uh, they find the skeleton, the beetle skeletons, like the leftovers and shit, and. Uh, yeah, like, they kind of find out who he is. The Americans make fun of him because they found this treasure, all these jars. Even though by finding them, the main guy, the Richie Rich's uh, <laughs> butler, reads on the script, like, oh, Satie was no fool. Like, it's a, like don't open this. Uh, like, they're expecting booby traps. Like, he's able to read, and he's like, send the workers, and then they open up the sarcophagus, and it sprays him with, like, this pressure pressurized acid, and they're just melting to death. Like, it's this awful scene. They're just melting in front of them. Ew. Anyways, they find the Americans get the jars. None of the none of the diggers get the jars. They're just there to die. These serfs. Peasants. Uh, anyway, the peasants never get any love. But they get some love here because as it goes on, uh, they keep camping. They find more. They get closer and closer. They find the Book of the Dead. Uh, the old guy and then Evie like takes it away and then there's like fighting that goes on the Magi come 
People are getting hacked up. There's shots. Uh, Rick and Rick and Evie are drinking before this, and they get pretty close. And Evie's super drunk. Rick's te- teaching her how to fight. And uh, they get pretty close. They're talking. They're about to kiss, and then she falls asleep. After that, fucking Magi are attacking. Bam, bam, bam. People are getting hacked up. The Americans come out. They're ready to fight. Whammy! All these these foolhardy. Gunslinging Americans. And all these Magi are getting got. All these workers are getting got. Uh, none of the main, like, real main characters get killed. All the B-roll actors, they get they get the business. It's unfortunate, but they can show up as a talent person later. Who are we to know? But anyways, uh, Otis, like, Rick O'Connell, like, spins. He's having, like, a sword fight, like, gunfight with... Audis and he pulls out a stick of dynamite and starts he lights it and it's his and then he's like oh stop 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 not Rick the other guy he says ha we will shed no more blood but leave leave this place or die that's what he says and Rick pulls off the wick not the John Wick ooh wow and the Magi leave and do they heed his warning no because eventually Evie reads the the Book of the Dead, and a gust of wind comes, and then Emotep comes to life. Uh-oh. And no, you must not read from the book, says Richie Rich's Cadbury. Uh, Richie Rich's <laughs> Butler Cadbury. And uh, then all the swarm of locusts comes out of nowhere and just starts harassing everybody. They start, everybody's freaking out. Nobody's keeping their composure except for Richie Rich's Butler. Cadbury. He's like, what have we done? He's whole, he's hugging the Book of the Dead. Locusts everywhere. All the Americans running around. And then, out of nowhere, the fucking beetles start eating people up. And then the guy with the glasses falls, loses his glasses. And then turns out Emotep's lurking around. And you see him go, oh! And he just gets the business. Uh, uh, he tongue, they took my tongue and my eyes because Evie gets separated from Rick and Jonathan. They're running away from the Beatles. You see a worker, you know, he trips and falls. You got to see what they're capable of. They eat him. And those Beatles were a lot bigger threat when I was like eight or 10 back in the day. Let me tell you what, but never came across them. Thank the Lord. But anyways, uh, yeah what happens evie gets separated and then out of nowhere Emotep pops up with his eyes and his tongue he's like oh noxuna moon question mark like he's mistaking evie for a noxuna moon okay you crazy bastard it's only been a couple thousand years but he's this walking corpse then out of nowhere rick's like evie oh, we gotta get out of here he looks to at he looks at the mummy he goes whoa and then the mummy's like raw and then rick goes raw and shoots the mummy with a shotgun. Oh, shit! Ah, you motherfucker! The next one will kill you. Oh, son of a bitch! You shot me in the ass! Blows him in half, and he takes Evie and runs, but the, the mummy, like, you see his body, like, come up and look to the side, and everybody's running, and they're, they're kind of trying to get out of the med dryer, like, look, you done fucked up! I didn't we tell you? Don't be sniffing around here. Now you came sniffing and look what you hath wrought. The mummy. Now we have like another hour of this movie. Otherwise we could have gotten our riches and left. But no, 
The show must go on, motherfuckers. Uh, he's like, we're going to go figure out a way how to kill him. You about to go in there. You know what you're up against. You about to go in there with guns. You know it's futile. What the fuck are you doing? We're going to figure out a way to kill him. You foolish, foolish, brave men. Oh, my word. Hope you have sons. Huh? Carry on the line. Because you're done. But anyways, it goes on. The Americans, like, they're distraught. Everybody's freaking out. It, it, you know, life's about terrible. The Americans know the mummy's coming to get them because they have the jars. And they're like, shit. Like, everything's bad. Uh, they all, Everybody's drinking. They're like, oh, uh, Rick's like, oh, how's your boy? He's like, oh, he has his eyes and his tongue ripped out of him. And he's like, oh, sh he's like, shit. Like, it's ominous. Everybody's like, ready to leave. Well, they all take a shot. And then everybody simultaneously starts spinning out their drinks because... At that moment, everybody's drinking, and then Jonathan's like, oh, Jesus, what is that? It tastes just like, and then Rick goes, blood, and then Jonathan gets all holier than thou, as if, as if were, and then the rivers ran red as it were as blood, quoting the Bible or some facsimile thereof, and yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> Everybody's appalled. <laughs> blood. The, every all drink is turned to blood. It's just heinous. Icky. This happening. But it happened. And uh, maybe it's just for that second. I don't know if it's like that. For, I don't know if it cools down or turns back to normal. That's just bizarre. Didn't really look like mud, to be honest with you. You're going to look like punch, but who am I to say? Strawberry tea, at least. Uh, the American ones in the... They're, they're in their... They're in their room, and they're like, oh, go get me some. They're, they're just chilling. They're kind of antsy because <clears throat> they're trying to stay safe. Meanwhile, the butler, Richie Rich's butler, Cadbury, he's hustling around and then, like, outside just freaking out with the with the book. <clears throat> and then, uh, uh, yeah, everybody's, like, he's just hustling around town, but you see the mummy coming after him. Ooh, you see, like, an eyeball checking after him. Uh, there's a happening. I'm not sure if this is in order, but the guy with no eyes and no mouth, he's on this chair and Benny's like swaying him because Benny be forms this alliance with the mummy, like rewind back to when they're just kind of running around the Amenoptera. Uh, Benny's like, starts speaking all these religions, praying for his life because the mummy corners him and then starts speaking Hebrew, brings up the star David. He goes, the language of the slaves says Emotep, I may have use for you just immediately. All right, I'm not going to kill you. Anyways, Benny's his bitch, and he says, your reward will be plentiful. He holds out all this gold he's been keeping in his gooch for 3,000 years. Just beautiful, cleansed. Must have been a clean gooch. So, Benny's just kind of saying, oh, well, Emotep, like, uh, <clears throat> Prince Emotep appreciates your offering, but he requires more. And then he just like, oh, and Emotep. You know, sucks his guts. And then the next guy the on the butler, he's running the streets. Emotep gets him. And then one of the other, like probably my favorite American, he's like, give me some bourbon. And a, a bourbon chaser. <clears throat> Don't worry about the door. He shuts the door. And he's like, he sees the sees the jar. And he's, he's kind of posting up. He's holding his, uh, his revolver. He's making all these moves. Like he's a good gunfighter, right? And he hears a whoosh. And the window opens and he... He kind of leans over. He has his gun pointed, but uh, but nobody's there. And he's kind of. Then you see the shadows. This wish, this 
hurl of sand blows him onto his feet, uh, blows him off his feet, onto his back, and then you see in the shadow, his body picks up, the sand swirling around him. He's like, ooh, ah, ah, and he just, his body dissolves in front of us, and then Emotep steps, and he's almost fully formed with his, only his cheek, uh, and under his collarbone, he's wearing the sexy black Ron Jeremy robe, and a beetle goat runs up his, out of one hole, up in his neck, into his cheekbone, and he chomps down on it, because he's bad, he's a bad guy, of course he eats the beetle. He's hungry. And when you hungry, you go eat. And Emotep eats. He just eats souls. He's eaten a couple men already, but there's one guy left before Emotep is complete. Meanwhile, Rick and everybody else, they're scrambling. They're getting the hell out of there. They take the last American. Uh, they go to this one temple uh, to start reading. Like They need to figure something out, like uh, where... The they need to figure out where the tomb of Amun Ra is because they found out Anubis at the no Horus find him at the ba the foot of Horus and take that beverage scholars he says patience is a virtue because all these people under Emotep's control start coming after them let me tell you what boils and souls because all all right I'll tell you what all these. We, I skipped an interrogation with Benny and Rick, but all the the plagues of Egypt start coming. The rain, the hail, and the firestorm—it's just going crazy. All that's happening. Like it's it's chaos in Egypt, right? It's it's just chaos. You don't pay your taxes, they start coming back to bite you. This is what happens. It's Black Friday, boils and souls. They're they're under Emotep's control. There's one American left. They know where to go to try to end this madness with the Book of the Living. Huh? And uh, they, what Emotep wants to do is revive his love. Like, he's coming back to life so I can get my slam piece back. Like, that's what he's after. His, his motive is love. So who are we to doubt his ambition and his willpower to love? Is he really the bad guy? Because of his tactics, because of what is necessary, because of the rule books that he didn't write. Unless he wrote those rule books, he's just abiding the laws of the dark, the dark magic. But yeah, I digress. Uh, Emotep is almost complete, and they, st uh, the good guys, start running. Uh, Jonathan somehow goes outside to get the. <laughs> he goes to get the car started. This crowd runs by him. He goes, Emotep. He imitates those foolish, boiled and sold, mindless freaks. They walk past him. They're fooled. Benny's too clever for him. Penny. Jonathan. And he runs to the car, gets it started. Everybody gets him in the car after that. And then all the people run after him. They go into town, and they, like, there's a huge crowd waiting for him. And then Benny, uh, Jonathan stops, and Rick says, the f Guns, it starts, bodies start flying all over the place. But then some bodies hold on. They're struggling all over the place. The American gets pulled out. The last one. He pulls out his guns. He starts dropping fools as the crowd runs by. And then he runs out of bullets. And then Emotep comes up. How could this day get any worse? He tries to shield himself. He holds up the jar as an offering. Like, here you go. Emotep does not look pleased. He grinds his teeth and then he just goes. No good. The American is lordy. He's ready to play. And they end up crashing the car because they let Jonathan drive. Why didn't they? Anyways. Uh, they're in 
this kind of market cul-de-sac and the crowd just kind of surrounds him. And then Emotep pops through and he goes, Benny comes up, Emotep speaks, Benny goes, give me your hand and uh, your friends will be spared. Excuse me. And then you'll be like, it's time for you to meet my love forever. And then uh, Evie goes, for all eternity, idiot. Because, you know, she's educated and Benny's just a slack-jawed piece of poo. So Evie's like, this is the only way. And she goes with uh, Emotep into the night, into the crowd to disappear. And he goes, Behame! Kill them all. And the crowd just turns and goes, Emotep. But luckily there's a manhole. When all hope is gone, when it is time to despair, hark, a manhole appears at your feet. <gasps> it moves. And then uh, Rick moves Jonathan and he goes, what about my sister? And he goes, we'll get her later. They start moving in. Otis is with them. He goes in and then everybody's left except the main library guy who has a sword. He just pulls out a sword for some reason. And uh, Rick's like, come on. Like, there's plenty of time. Mind you, there's plenty of time. This guy's like, no. And then Rick's like, whatever, jumps down the manhole. And meanwhile, there's still 10 yards in diameter for this guy to have escaped. But no, he opts to die a miserable death of tickling and just wet willies, flicks in the nuts, and Indian burns. Ew-wee. Terrible. So... Well, the next scene, they go to this airfield where they see this dude, Winston, this old air pilot. Uh, it's right after World War One, and he's just, oh, he's like, oh, I, want, I wish I went down with my comrades. He's just this drunk pilot, English pilot. And Benny and... <sighs> Benny, Jonathan, Jesus! Jonathan and Otis hang on to the sides of this plane, just like the plane from Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade. Him and his dad are in this two-man plane, open cockpit, with a gunner on the backside, Rick O'Connell's in the gunner, and they go, they're flying Dominoptra, and then out of nowhere, uh, Benny and Evie get tossed onto the sand dunes, and then Emotep walks up and he starts controlling the sand. He makes his face, he's like, whoa, whoa. he's just showing these powers over this, this sand, and Rick just starts shooting into his face. Cool, like, you're shooting sand, bro. Wasting the ammo, wasting the taxpayers' dollars. But hey, you do you, renegade, rogue O'Connell. But anyways, uh, that goes. Uh, that's futile. They crash. Winston goes down with the ship. Uh, he's dead. Rick sees him, and then quicksand. The, the boat goes down. But him, Otis, and Jonathan, they make their way into the cuts. <clears throat> they get into the temple, and then. And then, uh, Lordy, they start going through. Oh, I didn't even tell you about the favorite part. Jesus Christ. The fat guy, the warden of the fucking police station, at some point during the dig, he goes, and I'm giving this, this segment its due. Absolutely. He's lurking around, sniffing around the caves or the, the temple. And he sees some kind of scarab skeletons, those beetles, and this, he goes, ooh, blue gold will fetch a very nice price, very fine price. He starts plucking off the wall. He thinks nothing of it. They're just jewels, right? He's not in the wrong. He's, he can plunder some gold. Anyways, the, whole, the movie goes on a little bit, but he's still there plucking one. One falls out of his pocket, and out emerges a scarab. 
And then it comes out and it goes under his foot and he's like, ah, ah. And it goes into his leg. He's like, oh, I put rips open his shirt. And you see it going up his stomach. And then it goes up his neck. And he's like, God, he's just sitting there. And it goes into his brain. Like, it just looks miserable. He's just like, ah. And then they're speaking. And uh, Rick, you go to Rick. And then there's Jonathan. And uh, Evie's telling them what the embalming process is like. They stick a red hot poke up your nose, scramble things about, and then rip it all out through your nostrils. The mummification process. That's what they did. Red Hot Poker. And then, out of, for the record, don't put me down for modification. Likewise. And then Jonathan <laughs> hits a rock with a pickaxe, hits something, and then the sarcophagus of Emotep falls at their feet. That's what happens. And then the fat man goes, ah, ah, he's running full speed, runs past Evie, Jonathan, and Rick, and just runs face first into a solid concrete wall, killing him, breaking his neck, killing himself. Because his brain was getting his, his brain was getting eaten by it just this beetle that needed brain flesh. Oh boy, I've been asleep for a while. I'd need some brain. I know exactly where to go. I'm a doctor. Or is it instinct? Whatever. Uh, moving forward. The same scarab skeleton. Uh, Jonathan looks at, goes into his hand, and then he's like, ah, ah! Oh, and Rick's like, what's up, what's up, what's up? He goes, bug on my arm, and then Rick goes, whoa, holds Jonathan's arm, and then and then Jonas, he's like, hold that. Rick pulls out a butterfly knife, and he flips it to perfection. I'm aroused, and Benny is saved because Rick pokes at the bump in his arm, cuts it out, and then pulls out his revolver because the beetle starts coming back. It flies out of his arm, lands at on the floor level right in front of the camera scurries forward and rick just makes a perfect shot with a rifle thus announcing their position to emotep where at said gunshot the scene switches and then evie goes o'connell and then so emotep's underway he has uh knocks into moon's body they're making noises they're humming a bomb emotep Speaks and then raises his priests and he goes like, "Go, like wake the others, kill them all, wake the others." Those are his orders to these mummied uh, priests. And then they start coming out of nowhere. After Rick, Otis, and Jonathan see this amazing room full of gold, it is an auditorium that glitters this magnificent, vibrant golden sheen. Lordy, it's a symphony of golden glow it's ah the symbols you can hear the gold smashing against itself into your eyeballs that is beautiful but anyways they keep going and then the mo those pre-star attack and they start gunfighting bam 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 and jonathan like runs out of bolts and throws the revolver uh just a little uh, favorite of mine but anyways uh so they start running otis is like no like i got this go leave and then Rick throws some dynamite because there's so many of them. They keep going. Uh, goodness, they they come about. Rick gets a sword. They come about the ritual room and oh no, they find the book of the dead. They then Rick and Jonathan come into the ritual room. Uh, Evie's laying right next to Noxuna Moon. The mummies are around him, and then Mother Cluckin. Uh, 
Emotep summons these super soldiers, these big timers that don't abide the, abide by the laws of physics, these soldier mummies that have these bent swords and spears. And it's incredible how they just crawl on the walls and they're attacking it. Like Rick has a sword, he's fighting them off. He's the hero. He can fight them off. He's good. They almost get him. And then at the same time, they're attacking Rick. He's holding them off. He's the distraction while Jonathan is reading this counter curse on the Book of the Dead, uh, Book of the Living, because he has the the key, that twisting key that opened up his sarcophagus that opened up the Book of the Dead. He's like, Evie, I got it. And Rick like fights off all those mummies. And he starts hewing up everybody. And then it's Emotep, Jonathan, and Rick. And Rick cuts off his arm. Uh, he, and uh, Jonathan, because he's a rascal, snags the key. And then he opens up everything. He opens up the book. And he starts reading the counter curse. Meanwhile, Noxuna Moon is up and about. She's trying to kill Evie. And uh, uh, Jonathan reads part of the spell. And then out of nowhere, he summons the, the maybe it's another god. It, well, whoever it is, it's a god on a chariot of four horses. This purple blur comes out of the wall and then takes uh, Emotep's like soul, his power. Ah, yes, it took his immortality away. And then Rick, uh, it, it drives away and then Rick's like, oh, I thought you said that was going to kill him. Uh, and then before that, Jonathan, what the f*** did you do? Jonathan sets another counter curse to tell those super soldiers, Vakushka Moon, because he says it just in time to stop the soldiers from killing Rick. Vakushka Moon. The soldiers go and they kill Moon, and then Emotep's all sad. Anoxinamoon! And then they take away Emotep's immortality. And in the last second, Rick guts Emotep with his sword as he is holding a chest, uh, like his hand to Rick's throat. It is dramatic. Uh, Evie says he's mortal. And he's like, huh? And then. Emotep backs up. He's like, what the f***? He steps into that purple uh, puddle and all these faces start consuming him. And he's like, uh, uh, and he says these words. And Evie says, death is only the beginning. That's what he means. Death is only the beginning. Could that be an allusion to a sequel? Possibly. Absolutely. Proven to be so. Anyways, that's going to be another podcast because this one ends merrily because... They get up, all is well, they survive the encounter. It's Evie, Jonathan, and Rick. They step out, they get some loot, right? They bring it, uh, they bring out a little bit. Uh, no, no, like Jonathan wants to. And in the meantime, Benny's been like setting up this one camel with hella gold. He's been going back and forth, doing the legwork. And then it's time to go. The whole, like Benny is walking through the, t the cave and as he's hauling this giant bag of gold, sets it on this like lever, this one random lever just happens to be the, the kill, the self-destruction button, sets it on there and it goes down. And he's like, what the f***? And then he picks up the bag and he starts hustling because everything starts shaking. And that's exactly right after they killed Emotep and it's like ready to go. Like it's everything starts shaking. Time to get out of here. So it's a dramatic finish. They start running and they start going through the temple. Rick and company get through and then there's part where they get into this door and then in front like behind them the roof is the ceiling is coming down and then benny's falling after him and he just ditches the bag of gold because it's holding him down 
Rick, like a good man, he turns around because Benny's like, oh, God, oh, he comes down and then the the roof closes right in front of Benny and Rick couldn't get to him. He's like, oh, goodbye, Benny. And then Benny, because he has a torch, he gets back in time, escaping death narrowly. He does that time and time again. His ending comes because he's in there, everything gets darker and you see one beetle and he's like, shish me, shish me. He starts wagging it at the at the beetle and he doesn't get it done uh, because his, the beetle's boys they start coming in in all directions and while Benny's torch is running out so is his lifetimer because the candle goes out and you hear ah! and then all you hear the beetles start coming over and eating his flesh eating him alive whammy you lose boom that's the end of that sucker Meanwhile, Rick and company are running out. There's sand going everywhere. There's ruins falling about, and they dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge their way back to the camels, escaping death. And they get there, and then Rick is like, uh, Jonathan's like, oh, he's out of breath. And then a hand touches him. Oh, they turn around, and it's Otis. He's like, what's good? He's He's got his arm in a sling. He, like, I guess after taking care of those mummies, he's like, well, my job here is done. Those guys couldn't possibly need any more help. So he's out there, and he's like, all right, thanks, guys. And Rick's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, like, Evie's on him. Like, they're they're going to bang for sure. Like, they're a thing now, Rick and Evie. Reevy or Ick. <laughs> Evic. <laughs> no. Reeve. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyways, they get on a camel, and Jonathan, like, he was bummed out because he got no gold. That greedy motherfucker. He was running through the temple. He didn't. He's like looking out of all. He stopped and, like, and Evie's like, "Let's go!" Like they come back and get him. And then uh, Jonathan's like, "We didn't get anything." And Rick's like, "Oh, it's, uh, we have every." Uh, I wouldn't say we came out with nothing. And he gives me a big old smooch, and Jonathan's like, "Oh, please!" And he goes up to the camel. He goes, "How about you, darling? Would you like a little smoochy?" And the camel's like, nah. He goes, "Oh!" And then they start riding into the sunset. And then as the camera pans back or zooms out, uh, the glimmer, the distinctive shine, a ding, a little hiss around a golden plate hanging out of a, two, a giant sack of gold hanging over the camel's rump. They did get fortune. They just don't know it yet. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of this hour long recap that is not a recap that is nonsensical but hey if you could listen to that then howdy doody this one was in honor of brad case because he loves the mummy i love the mummy and it inspired so much for me like just the, especially the mummy returns that you get into the gods like anubis i just thought that was so cool and it just kind of bronze your imagination in case you didn't know i'm all about that shit so if you uh, put up with it, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And I hope you believe in my integrity because that shit off the top of my head. That was just all recap. Yes, it was all out of order, but it's just weird how memory works. I'll have another podcast on memory. It's weird how memory works out. I couldn't remember it in chronological order, but as I described one situation that led to another, and then I realized that end of the puzzle fits on some before something I previously said or or what have you but hey for us off the top of the head I think that's a pretty good recap so I give myself uh, 
five Owen Wilson. Wow's mother flowers. That's what's good. Wow. And wow. Uh, I'm gonna wow. do these more often. Wow. We'll see. Wow. It only took a freaking hour to do this, y'all. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, and until next time. You lose. Good day, sir.